This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Gentle tomes, uh, tones, tones, not tomes. What am I talking about? Tomes. You're thinking of tombs because you're dying on air. (laughs) (laughs) The first words out of your mouth is going to be a long day. It's just that I was quite book. I'm quite bookish. Talking about tomes, Um, and talking about books. Actually, I I loved your book, the um, chimney tops and uh, oh, rooftops and and chimney pots. Chimney pots. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, Andy's uh, an author, you know. that's probably something we have touched upon possibly in the past but uh, just to let you know it's a wonderful book of short stories which was um, they had the gestation period of which occurred during uh, uh, his storytelling on uh, another radio station that should remain nameless and uh, you decided to actually uh, collate them into a book and tell me more. Yeah, well, they. Uh, I wanted to do a bedtime story because I do an evening, an evening uh, show, and it would make sense to read b- bedtime stories. And I asked the powers that be, "Can I do it?" And they said, "Well, you've got to be careful with copyright and whose stories you're you're uh, reading." So I left it for a couple of years, and I thought, "Well, maybe for the first time ever, maybe I could write my own." So uh, yes, rooftops and chimney pots is uh, is a. Uh, book of uh, short stories. I think there's about 50 short stories in there, and there's a few more on the way. Oh, really? And uh, and now I'm writing a comedy called uh, Happy Birthday, Jonathan Bland. Ah, the well-known Jonathan Bland. Yeah, not so well. I hope he's well-known by the time I've finished (laughs) it, but he's he's not well-known at all. He's a a mythical figure. Ah. He's he's an angry young man. So that might be coming out in a couple of years, and I'll I'll flick you a copy once it's finished. I don't want to miss your myth. No. (laughs) Yes, okay. um, Now, uh, of course, in case you you didn't know, we were were talking, uh, really, when we switched on, and uh, and we're still talking, but... um, uh, I should just mention that it's Ron Esplin and it's Andy uh, Cook from the Art Zone and uh, it's uh, the Artie Farty Show. So welcome to the Artie Farty Show today. And uh, the first thing we want to know is what there are some things happening down in Hanover Street. Well, I'd, first of all, I'd like to say I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is my first one of 2021. I don't think... I don't think I've done one this year no, of the well, Arty Party. You've been busy. I have been very busy. Well, you know, it has been really busy, and it's been really strange because the world has changed, as we know, with this uh, with this virus thing. And one thing that has changed is people are not travelling around, and people have got a lot of money in their pockets, and they're staying at home, creating art, doing. They're doing everything in their homes, from decorating it to putting stuff in their gardens. They're actually spending money right here and right in their home because people spend a lot of time in their home for a month 
and uh, they came away changed people. There's a lot of people I know when I said, you know, how are you getting back to work? And they've cut down their hours. They're saying, we've actually enjoyed being home. We've enjoyed having time. And I'm in the business of uh, I need people to have time on their hands. I don't need busy people because busy people don't create artwork. And it's really, really been noticeable. Did you know there's a thing, um, a little side effect? You cannot buy a caravan or a camper van for love or money at the moment. Wow. Because people are thinking, we can't, got a lot of money, can't travel overseas. We better buy a camper van or a caravan and travel around. And there was one guy I heard where he's in the camper van business. He says, I haven't got any more. They're all gone. I've got nothing to sell. Wow. They've all been sold. And this reflects in my place as well. People had a month of doing art and craft and creativity, and they're carrying it on. They actually think. And isn't it? Isn't it ridiculous that people want to do this, but nobody's got any time? <laughs> people are too busy earning money, and they've got nothing to spend it on because they've got to get back to work and earn some more money. <laughs> and that's been a real shift. I've really noticed that with our sales and what people want and people actually spending time with themselves and their own hobbies and their own creativity because everyone's creative. There are people I've been serving that I've never seen before. And they said, well, I have, I've never done art before, but I'm going to give it a go. Oh, that's and fantastic. They're getting quite, so it's a, it's a real – it's really different. It's very, very different. But, you know, you can mark it before COVID lockdown and after COVID lockdown, and it's very, very different. So it's encouraging for us. We want to get a lot more stuff in. We say to people, well, what do you want? And maybe they want something we haven't got. So we're actually – this is a really good chance for us to grow and stock – things that some of these things we've never even heard of but we're tracking them down and think okay if you want them we'll we'll get into that line in modeling or uh casting there's a lot of uh, railway stuff you know we were talking about the little trees that you buy oh, yes. the little mold rocks yeah, yeah. this is how people are spending their time because they can't spend their time overseas you only go overseas for three weeks but it costs you a year's worth of savings <laughs> to do your three weeks and so people are keep, keeping their years worth of savings and spending it right here so for a, for a retail point of view, um, or at least what I'm doing, it's, it's really, really positive. And this has explained uh, why you're opening on Saturdays now and closing on Mondays. Yes, well, that's, that has been a bit inconvenient for some people, but we, we don't want to do six days a week. But it, They'll it, adjust. It, well, they will yeah. adjust. And, uh, you know, we heard for years... There are people saying, well, I'm from, uh, I'm from Clyde and I only come to town in the weekend and you're not here, so mm-hmm. you never get any business. And we thought, well, when you look at it, if you're working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, your Wednesday routine is the same as your Thursday routine and your Monday routine is the same as your Friday routine. But your Saturday and Sunday is different. So we thought, we thought, let's give it a go. Let's give it a go for Saturdays when people have the day off. And it's actually worked out really well. Great. What are, what are the hours on Saturday? Ten till four. Well, that's pretty. That's pretty good. People well, don't get well, up until. Th- and the thing is, people don't get. You know, people have a sleep in, so they're not mm. going to be there at nine. And you look out of the door at four o'clock, and everyone's gone. It's it's really three o'clock. People people don't go shopping at four o'clock. Well, I know, and a lot of them are listening to the Artie Farty show at well, that's right. eleven it's, and twelve. It's absolutely dead between Saturday. eleven. And 12. It's like the Tony Hancock <laughs> show in England, where all the fish and ship shops said, "Don't put it on at six o'clock. We're not doing any business." <laughs> but you know, they'll all be podcasting in the uh, in the future, so uh, it's likely that they'll be f- free on. You a talk Saturday about morning. podcasting. I I was reacquainted with uh, a friend of mine from years and years ago she lives in vancouver and we've been talking on her instagram she's a jeweler and uh 
And uh, she said, what have you been up to? And I said, well, I'm doing this arty-farty thing. And you can listen to it. So she's been listening. She's been <laughs> listening to us in Vancouver. I mean, how convenient. How, it's wonderful. How incredible is it that you, she can just hit the buttons as, as quick as we hit the buttons here and listen to what we've been doing? It's uh, that's a, you know, I'm not a technological fan. I don't understand it. But you can do it. And she, so we have been listened to in uh, in vancouver over well, the last week a big shout out to vancouver yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is amazing though isn't it you know you think this is a local radio station you don't need to be big you don't ha- the, the way the internet is now you know that you can listen to anything anywhere that's amazing and yeah. it's nice it's nice for me to talk to her and say maybe get your friends or if she's in a group because she's an artist she's a jeweler if you're in a group maybe you want to hear this so it, it just gets bigger and bigger well, that's terrific what's happening to the otago art society well the otago art society has hit the ground running this year they are having their summer exhibition at the moment uh so that's happening right now um after that, they're having a, a, a very strange uh, exhibition. It's called Meow, and it's all based on cats, all sorts of pictures of cats. And if, I'm, if I think I'm right, the funding goes to the Cat Rescue uh, Association. And it's sponsored. And sponsored by, by the Human Animals Vet Clinic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's difficult for me because uh, I don't like cats, and I'm not inspired by cats. But I was going to do a variation. I'm actually going to do a portrait of cat stevens <laughs> and in the background there's gonna you know that that very famous poster is it called cat noir you know the the silhouette of the cat yeah well i might put that on the on the background so it's a picture of him but there's a cat so there's two cats That's very imaginative there's two cats because i don't want to draw a picture of you're a cat. A, you're a cool cat man. yeah so they're too tremendous yeah, cats are too uh, too cutesy um <laughs> So uh, so that's coming up. And then straight after that is the Hope and Sons. Oh, yeah. Now, the Hope and Sons, along with the uh, the Edinburgh... No, is it the... Is no, it it's the, National Cleveland Awards. The Cleveland. The I, sh- oh, yeah. okay. I knew it was the... <laughs> I knew it was the big one because the three big ones are the Hope and Sons, Edinburgh Realty, and the National Cleveland. Right. So the Cleveland Award is coming up, and that is the biggest one on the calendar uh, so far. They they put up massive prizes. $9,500. Yeah, that's yeah. that absolutely massive. And this is really good because people like myself and, and your good self, you, you really dig deep and you put out your super-duper best work. That's, that's true. And this is great for great for artists and it's great for people who want to actually buy art because when you go to an exhibition it's one person's art and if you Mm -hmm. don't like that person's style Mm -hmm. then you come away empty-handed this is you know you've got a chance of seeing probably about 160 artists 160 of their best work so if you're in the market to buy a, a painting and as we were saying before people are concentrating on their houses now they're looking at their decor they're not spending their money overseas it's right here so this is important for for two reasons that uh, artists get a, a really good platform to show their work and buyers get to uh, a chance to see the best of the best mm-hmm. in a year's worth of artists work yeah, so absolutely. it's a, it's a real win and it's very competitive these ones are so important all of these well all of the exhibitions really yeah, well i think uh, it's uh, the one time i would think that uh, Nearly everybody has a go at it, and uh, uh, in fact, they they have to reject some of the work, and the, even the work that they reject is uh, is terrific stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I went to a rejection 
the rejection room to pick up my one, which was reject. <laughs> and no, it was seriously. And I looked around. And I thought, there's some really good stuff in here. And what they did one year, which I was so glad, they did the rejects exhibition. <laughs> so, which was important as well because the, the ones that are rejected, they're not rubbish. They just didn't quite make it. And and even if you had the best of the best, you can't have 300 paintings. Hanging That's up. right. There's only room for about half. So one yeah. way or another, like it or not, someone or probably about half are going to get rejected. But I, I hope they do it again, even if they stuck them up for a week, just so everyone gets a fair hearing. The exhibition, uh, that's the National Cleveland Awards, uh, they open to the public on the 8th of May. So you've got plenty of time to think about it. Uh, and uh, get down there to the art station, uh, which uh, is um, rather cleverly named because it is in the uh, station the uh, Dunedin Railway Station, which is still operating, which is great. And uh, down there, uh, even before the uh, National Cleveland Awards, they're going to have uh, um, artists, what what we uh, lovingly call, uh, what do they call them, the artists in residence. Uh, yes. AIR, A-I-R, artists in residence. And uh, uh, Julia McNaughton is currently um, uh, working uh, there in the... Uh, in the uh, uh, art zone, uh, art zone. I keep talking about art zone. It's, well, uh, I'm always <laughs> on your mind. <laughs> you are always on my mind, and uh, that's uh, Julia McNaughton painting there. So, you, and this continues throughout the year. They've got people demonstrating uh, the art. You can actually lean over their shoulder and say, "That's not quite right, is it?" Say, yeah, well, you're not. You're not doing it like <laughs> that, are you? Wouldn't it be? <laughs> Wouldn't it be handy if you were allowed? You know the, you know the uh, platform that goes. You know, you, you walk out of the thing and you walk all the way round to the sports hall of fame and all the way back. Imagine if you lined that with artwork. You could, oh, you could yeah. get another hundred in there if you had enough easels. Yeah. And you lined the whole thing. You could, you could stick another hundred in there. Yeah, it's undercover. Oh yeah, it's it's inside the building. I don't know if you'd be allowed to because it's kind of out of the thing. But it's only a walkway. It's not used for anything oh, else. Oh, I see. I think that would be a very good use of space, uh, and, see, and, and you could squeeze another hundred paintings in. I see they're opening uh, up the restaurant again. Yes, under that's, new management that has been opened. A friend of mine uh, took his granddaughter there. I think on the second day of opening, right. which I'm glad. I mean, that is a massive and very beautiful. Setting oh, just yes. just to walk away from it would oh. be it would be terrible. But no, they're back in business, so that's good. And uh, Julie and I uh, reviewed our, uh, renewed our vows just recently. Oh, really? And um, we uh, we're going to have it in uh, the sort of uh, that marketplace down there, uh, but uh, the weather was a bit iffy. And so we actually uh, went into the uh, foyer in the railway station. It was absolutely fantastic. It was like being in some sort of Gothic cathedral. I was going to say, it's like being in a cathedral. It was, yeah. yeah. So that was lovely. Okay, enough about our personal uh, and... Tragedies. Um, tra- yes, that's right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking for myself, um, the um, uh, that's about the Art Society. Of course, Hotary continues in the um, RTT. Uh, continues in the um, in the Dunedin Public Art Gallery, and uh, we're going to continue with our um, examination of uh, the Beatles album covers, and let's see if we can get something. Uh, I'll get something on that you might uh, like, and uh, or m- maybe you don't like. I don't know. We're just going to find out. A sort of a potpourri. Here we go. Let's try this. Are you ready? Come on, Beatles. Hit it! <laughs> <laughs> 
I need to laugh And when the sun is out I've got something I can laugh about I feel good in a special way I'm in love and it's a sunny day Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine We take a walk The sun is shining down Burns my feet as they touch the ground Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Good day sunshine Then we lie beneath the shady tree She feels good, she knows she's looking fine I'm so proud to know that she is mine Good day sunshine 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 Well, there you are. It's a good day sunshine, many of which we're having in Dunedin these days. And uh, and why not, I say? Because why, why not? Because summer is... Uh, I, wanted this over, uh, I wanted this over my Christmas holidays. I don't want it now. I'm back at work. We're about, we're about six weeks late, aren't we? Oh, yeah, it's, it hasn't been all that fair. We're, uh, but we're looking forward to a lovely autumn. I'm absolutely sure about it. And we got to 1966, you know. There was an album called Yesterday and Today... Uh, which a lot of people don't know enough uh, and a great deal about. It's just collected songs that have been withheld from the albums and uh, uh, sort of non-album singles uh, to, to create a, a new album. But the Beatles are getting fed up um, by about that stage. And uh, the, uh, they did do a cover, and it was, uh, it was actually that one uh, about uh, the Beatles dressed in white coats amid decapitated dolls and raw meat. And Andy was reminding me about that, and the LP was actually quickly withdrawn uh, amid the scandal. The so-called butcher cover was replaced with a stodgy shot of the group posed around a, a steam trunk. So the original uh, image has since become quite a prized collector's item. I can. It's a weird thing to do, isn't it? It is. You know, in, the, in those days when things were a little bit tamer than they are now. Yeah. It's a bit macabre. What, what was it? A steam trunk. A steam trunk, whatever that is. Um, uh, all those of you who have got this uh, collector's item, pull it out now and have a look at the steam trunk. And possibly you might ring in and tell us what that is. <laughs> well, I, when you said steam, I imagined like one of those wicker trunks. You know, when you in the old steam train, you put them on the train. That's your luggage. It you know might... one of those? Because I'm thinking about bodies. It was an Agatha Christie. Well, you're right. It was an Agatha Christie movie where the body was in the trunk. Ah, so yeah, okay. So they just got this body thing happening. Maybe it was a steam truck. Oh, steam truck. Yeah. No, not truck. I haven't got a picture <laughs> of it either. That's very different. Yeah. <laughs> the well-known spelling error. <laughs> trunk. Um, Donald Trunk. 
Uh, enough of that. He's gone now, <laughs> uh, but not forgotten. Uh, the next album that's of interest, 1966, uh, was Revolver. Now, I remember this really well. And Robert Freeman, as I mentioned uh, in the last episode, uh, was the photographer, and it was his idea to do a montage of the Beatles' four faces. But in this was, uh, this, uh, unfortunately for Robert, he was shelved, and uh, Klaus Vorman, which is a great friend of the Beatles from the um, from the uh, Hamburg days, he uh, drew the Beatles' faces from memory. He's pretty clever. And he struggled with one, which was George's face. Apparently, it was very difficult to draw. Uh, and it was easier with his uh, uh, renditions of John, Paul and Ringo. But George, apparently, was always was the problem. I couldn't get his face right. So eventually, I took a newspaper and cut those eyes and mouth out. <laughs> Uh, Vorman then met Lennon and McCartney at Lennon's Kenwood home where they sifted through more old magazine and newspaper articles looking for images to complete the cover and each one was then super, superimposed on Vorman's line drawing. Have you got anything about... Uh, I, I'm just looking at it here. George George Harrison looks like one of those identikit pictures. You know when you, you go to the police and they say, oh, well, he had eyes and he had a moustache. He does. He, he looks like one of those. So Revolver, well, this was the... Um, this was the album in 1966 released, featured a cover illustration created by German musician and artist Klaus Vormann, whom they met and at as what was in, uh, described as an amphetamine munching spell. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a big night out. Uh, uh, spent in Hamburg in the early 1960s. Vorman used personal photos supplied by the band members, which, in his words, was uh, to show their sweet side. Ah, oh, that's nice, isn't it? <coughs> and, you know, um, the this album is sort of a kind of a potpourri of, um, uh, of songs that you uh, may well know. And um, the, um, the one that really stands out for me uh, is the song that I understand that McCartney thinks it was the best song he ever wrote, uh, at least certainly to that point. Uh, and, um, well, here it is. Let's play it, eh? What do you reckon? I reckon. To lead a better life, I need my love to be here. Here, making each day of the Side. 
Well, that was cut off rather quickly, um, but you get the idea. I seem to remember that drifting into with a little help from my friends. Do 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 do. Didn't do, 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 do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Well. <coughs> there you go. It is what it is. Well, we're very disappointed. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Club Band, 1967. This absolutely broke new ground. Uh, McCartney's friend Robert Fraser, a gallery dealer, first suggested uh, growing pop artist Peter Blake as a possible collaborator. That's not our Peter Blake from the yachting, uh, as, uh, from yachting fame, uh, but his Peter Blake, a good a pop artist. And together, McCartney and Blake hit upon the idea of a life-size constructed collage. We thought that if we did that, we could have anyone in the crowd. And Blake later remembered that up at a, opened up a whole magical area. Each member made suggestions for the invented audience behind them, picking heroes, gurus and stars, but the Beatles came up short. In fact, Ringo Starr picked only one of two, reportedly waving them off by saying, whatever the others say is fine by me. <laughs> that sounds like Ringo. That left Blake and his American-born wife, Jeanne Wilworth, to fill out the collage. The only women chosen were by Peter and I, uh, Wireworth told uh, um, 
Deseret News in 2007. So we may be able to find out about that. Um, what have you got? Uh, you got a bit of information there. Well, uh, including the cost of it. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the, the uh, work of pop artists Blake, uh, Peter Blake and Jan Harworth, inspired by one of Paul McCartney's ink drawings, 57 photos and nine waxworks of uh, famous individuals went into the iconic monster of a sleeve all people the band admired Bob Dylan and Lewis Carroll amongst them the cover reportedly cost a whacking £3,000 to make an absurdly extravagant sum at the time £3,000 <laughs> in 1967 yeah, that, that would have sound been a like much. Uh, apparently the image was po- made by posing the Beatles in front of life-sized black and white photographs pasted onto hardboard and hand tinted how about that? That, that, was, that was a bit of a job wasn't it that's where your three thousand pounds comes. <laughs> I suppose. Pay so. the tinter. Yeah, here's your ten pounds. Um, uh, I suggested they had just played a concert in the park, as uh, the creators said. They were posing for a photograph, and the crowd behind them was a crowd of fans who had been at the concert. Having decided on this, then by making cutouts, the fans could be anybody, dead or alive, real or fictitious. If they wanted Hansel and Gretel, I could paint them, and they could be photographed and blown up. I asked the four Beatles for a list, and I did one myself. Robert Fraser did a listen. I can't remember whether uh, Brian Epstein did one or not. The way that worked out was fascinating. John gave me a list, so did Paul. George suggested only Indian gurus, about six of them. <laughs> and Ringo said, whatever the others say is fine for me, as, as I said before. Uh, and he didn't suggest anyone. It's actually a bit of an insight into their characters. All kinds of people were suggested. Uh, in fact, uh, quite a few were rejected. And uh, I've actually got the rejection list here, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's quite cool looking at it because the, there's uh, on the cover there's the four real Beatles and then the four Madame Tussauds Beatles oh, okay. standing next to them as they're you know in their sort of original uh, 1962 sort of looks. Oh crikey! Uh, well, the ones that were rejected were Adolf Hitler, requested by <laughs> Lennon, and uh, modelled to the right of Larry Bell, was removed and hidden behind the band. Uh, an unidentified laughing figure that they thought was pretty useless, and he ends up barely visible. Sophia Loren, uh, behind the Beatles' waxworks. Uh, Marcello Mastrioni, the, the actor behind the Beatles' waxworks, only the top of the, his hat is slightly visible. Is that? Can you see that there, um, um, at Andy? The top of his hat. Whereabouts is he? Behind is the it? Beatles' waxworks. Behind the Beatles' waxworks. Uh, well, no, there's some full... Faces. There's not just a hat. Oh, okay. But maybe it's been juggled about. Oh no, no, it is. There's just a a hat with a bow. Oh, how r- ridiculous! R- that's it. And Timothy Carey, the actor, was modelled and originally included, but largely obscured by George Harrison in the final picture. Mahatma Gandhi was modelled and originally included to the right of Lewis Carroll, but was subsequently removed, according to McCartney. Gandhi also had to go because the head of EMI, Sir J Lockwood, said that in India they wouldn't allow the record to be printed. Oh, well, because it sort of cheapens, it cheapens him well, I think, yeah, by being on right, a pop album. Yeah. It's almost a religious figure, yeah. you know. And Jesus Christ was requested by Lennon, of course he would, uh, but not modelled because the LP would be released just over a year after Lennon's controversial statement that the band was more popular oh. than Jesus. Yeah, Isn't it ridiculous? You know, you could, I could 
have a problem with each and every one of these ones if you wanted to find it. I mean, Hitler <laughs> is good. You don't need him on an album. But but you could, you know, everyone's got a bit of dirt. You say, oh, look, Bob Dylan was a bit of a pothead. You can't have him advocate smoking drugs or whatever. You know, everyone's <laughs> going to have a problem if you if you looked really hard. Well, and, uh, you know, there are so many there. You know, there's there's plenty of fodder there. Well, that's right. Everyone's got a bit of bit of dirt. No, no one's that squeaky clean. You're right, except you and I. Except and you and I, who are... Hmm? Virginal, almost. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it did pay off because, in <coughs> fact, it was um, it won uh, uh, the the um, Grammy Award for the best album cover, uh, graphic arts for their work on it. So uh, that certainly uh, that certainly um, you know worked for them. Yeah. And uh, the album itself, of course, broke completely new ground uh, uh, because it was very psychedelic in a lot, a lot of ways and just to prove that I suppose we should uh, play one in particular that you'll uh, associate with um, and oddly enough we'll tell you a little bit about this uh, particular track uh, after we've played it okay you ready I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in and stops my mind from wandering where it will go. I'm feeling the cracks that ran through the door and kept my mind from wandering where it
reason uh, that we played those two tracks, of course, uh, Fixing a Hole, which is quite a psychedelic um, uh, piece of music, much of it uh, was psychedelic, and it absolutely broke new ground, uh, the whole album, really. And uh, the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds was of some interest to artists, of course, uh, because as uh, Andy has just pointed out, uh, many thought Lucy, L, Sky, Diamonds, LSD. And uh, this was uh, an assumption that uh, the whole thing was based on uh, some kind of LSD dream. And uh, the reality was that uh, Julian, uh, uh, John Lennon's son, came home with a picture that he'd drawn at school. 
And uh, John Lennon said, uh, oh, what's that all about, Julian? And it was a picture of a little girl uh, uh, and some sort of diamonds around her. And uh, he said, oh, it's, that's Lucy, and that's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. And so he thought, well, that's great. I'll write a song about that. And uh, thank you, Julian. Thank you, uh, Julian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting any uh, commission <laughs> off this uh, off this sales. It's like um, uh, Brian May's uh, daughter, I think, kept singing along to the, with the radio, and she kept saying, Radio Gaga, Radio Gaga. Ah. And he thought, there you go, I'll catch in on that one as and well. And then Goo Goo, that's right. Yeah, 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 because it's a... It's a I don't like that song. I like I like all Queen stuff, but that's a bit silly. But it was just a, a, a comment that the that the wee kitty made. Radio Gaga. So well, all right, yeah. well, that's there's no there's no accounting for uh, what people. Hello, what have we got up here? Oh my goodness, it's really interesting the things that we do around here. Uh, he said confidently, looking for the uh, page that he he thought he was on. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's look. There's a lot to be said about Sergeant Peppers, frankly, and uh, uh, to uh, to be to tell you the truth, um, I'd like to go on and on, but I usually do go on and on, and uh, probably better that we don't go on and on. I think we should go on to the next album, uh, which was uh, the Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, and there it is. There we've actually we, we have actually got these albums here. In the studio. It's so funny because uh, unlike the albums today, a lot of these albums are quite psychedelic. There is a bit of a drug influence, surely, with rainbows and glitter and sparkles. They're all there's a there's a certain uh, bit of craziness about these albums. There was with uh, all the albums from all the different artists of the day. You don't really see it that much anymore, but you know that these guys were, were influenced by a bit of a bit of the good stuff, shall we say? Are you? Uh, let me uh, let me take a look at uh, the magical mystery tour. This is from 1967, and uh, the fact was fearful that the Beatles might split after their longtime manager died, and overwhelmed Paul McCartney took the lead on uh, the ill-conceived, thrown-together follow-up of Sgt. Pepper's, right down to the uh, to its um, equally slapdash album cover. The Magical Mystery Tour packaging was all Paul's idea. And I'm sure that they're, uh, they're quite willing to blame him. I didn't think it was that bad, but it was thrown together. Beatles press officer Tony Barrow subsequently confirmed he was quoted as saying, everything happened in such a mad rush after Brian Epstein died because Paul was worried that the band would simply fall apart without some guidance. McCartney didn't uh, get around to the album art until a matter of weeks before the record was due to be in the stores. Peter Max, uh, another emerging pop artist, uh, pop art devotee, uh, was belatedly brought in to create psychedelic graphics around the image of the Beatles in costumes from their I Am a Walrus video. Well, that's... Uh, did you see the film? No. It's pretty... Uh, well, it really is a kind of crazy idea that they uh, just hired a bus, uh, loaded all sorts of um, odd people into it, and off they went and just filmed whatever was... Whatever happened to is this? Yeah. Is this a film in '67? Yeah. Oh no, I didn't. I wasn't even aware of what's it called. The magical, magical mystery tour. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you know more about the Beatles than I do. So, the magical mystery tour was a film. Yeah, well, it was, but it was completely done uh, by themselves. You right. Know? Well, it wasn't like uh, so. It was a home video, basically. Yes, that's what it, exactly. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, honestly, I didn't even know that existed. I thought the Magical Mystery Tour was the album. Well, it was, but... Uh, but uh, a film as well? Yeah. Well, oh, there you go. There you go. Because I'm, I'm quite interested in that. Because be, it's interesting looking at people's home videos because they're not acting. They're, they're actually being themselves. You know, they're, they're not performing. Well, I think they probably tried... To, I, I see, I'm trying to remember it now, but, uh, you know, they would put little sort of cameos together which were pretty, you know... Uh, just off the top of their heads, yeah. that sort of thing, and, and they thought they could get away with it. And, and, and their films, I think, was it Dick Lester who uh, who uh, produced the first uh, the first films. There was Help, and uh, what was the other one? Um, you know what it is? Help, and uh, oh, I can't remember. I've seen, I have seen where they're, where they're being chased down the road, and they all go into their like. Um, tenement houses and they all go into their own doors but it's what it's just one big house so you could actually go into one door and you're and you're already there's help and oh i can't remember well, we, we can see it here um oh i can hear people shouting from the other side of the uh, of dunedin here yes, <laughs> come on <laughs> you guys <laughs> Anyway, um, well, um, we won't worry about that too much. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, was that one there? What's that one? That one is called, oh, you've got such a blurry image. A Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night. Yeah, that was it. Oh. Oh, don't worry, folks, you can stop shouting. <laughs> it's all right. You can stop Googling. <laughs> yes, yeah. So that was the third film, Help, Hard Day's Night, and Magical Mystery Tour. That's it, yeah. And at that point, they probably thought... You know, we're the Beatles. We can do anything. You guys will watch anything we do. Because yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't get an obscure band doing that. You just want to know anything that the Beatles are doing. That's right. What would, the Beatles, what would be your prediction if the Beatles went Rolling Stones side and never broke up and are still, were still here today, like the Rolling Stones are? Living in a rest home. Well, they're, they're up. They're up there in the in the rest home thing. No, but I mean, imagine if the the Beatles only had four years. Imagine if they had fifty years yes. of Beatles, because yeah. there's not, I don't know, there's not that many bands that had that longevity. I can only think of the Rolling Stones. But imagine if the Beatles did, and they just kept together year after year, album after album, and kept going. It's not impossible because you know there are bands that have been performing like the hollies they're still performing i know and they're good too yeah um the um uh, i suppose in some ways the perpet uh, the, the perpetuated the beatles through the uh, their solo albums you know mccartney with wings and then later on just mccartney uh, on his own mm. uh, and uh, then lennon of course and and then uh, you know getting shot uh, was probably you know one of the most gruesome and unexpected uh, forms of really putting yourself on the map exactly and quite detrimental to his uh, performing career being dead. <laughs> it didn't make a difference <laughs> but we, one should not uh, be jocular about such a matter uh, but uh, it's it's really interesting in the little strawberry fields that they've got opposite from the um, opposite the uh, the building where he was shot you know the, the, and like uh, Yoko owner still lives here oh does she she yeah. still lives in that apartment yeah she does yeah Apparently, the guy the that... The Dakota sh- building. Yeah, the mm. guy that shot him did so to impress Jodie Foster. Oh, well, I'm sure that made a big impression. How, how, how ridiculous. He, he wasn't interested in Lennon. He mm. wanted Jodie Foster's attention. And he thought, well, let's do the biggest thing so everyone would know. And he did that yeah. to... And he's still in jail. 
Yes, he as, is. As you would have to be. You'd have to be in jail for the rest of, rest of your life, but, you know. Oh, I would think so. But I just, I just think it would have been interesting if everyone, if they did a bit of Beatles, everyone went away for a couple of years, had their career, came back to be the Beatles for a couple of years, because yes. that's what bands do, and then you would have always had them. Yes, exactly. And you would have had another, I don't know, 20 albums or whatever over the... Well, when they re... Um uh, recorded or um, uh, what is it when they reimagined? You know, they they go well, remaster. through remaster. Well, they remastered uh, uh, the Beatles albums, and the BBC found a whole lot of tapes that have been sitting around, and they produced an, uh, another a double album. Uh, you might remember that, and uh, the um, the uh, uh, they did actually make a film. They found some music that had uh, John Lennon singing, and uh, they did two tracks. Uh, which was virtually the Beatles together again, uh, with John Lennon singing as part of it, and one one of the tracks was called "Free as a Bird." Have you have you mm-hmm. seen? I've yeah. heard of that. And there's a, a video that, that accompanies that, and there's another one which I'm sorry to say I can't remember. It was a very good one. I actually enjoyed "Free as a Bird" more than the other one, uh, but they're beautifully mm. uh, um, engineered and they're beautifully and when filmed. They, when they got together, they they released a new song. This must have been quite a few years ago, but they had Julian Lennon playing John Lennon's part, ah. and it didn't take off. Everyone thought this would be the biggest thing. Yeah, like like your your the big second chance. Do you remember the song? It was I can't remember what the song was. But it didn't do anything at all. It just disappeared. Uh, and people were really shocked, thinking, no, this this is the closest you could possibly get to, to getting the Beatles. This is before uh, George Harrison died. Yes. And, yeah, for some reason, people must have thought, no, it's, it's not the same. We're going we're gonna to leave it. Because they, they could have carried on being the Beatles with Julian Lennon. Yes, yes, the, easily. Uh, that would have been... It's like, it's like uh, Queen carried on without Freddie. Right. Very successfully. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, a tremendous, he's a tremendous singer. Yeah. It would be very hard to find someone to, to actually pull that. it off. But, yeah, the, the, the Beatles reunion with Julian Lennon, yeah, w- people just gave it the thumbs down. Maybe too much time had gone past or maybe they thought it was just not the same. You know, the, the thing that links all this, of course, with our um, uh, Artie Farty show... Uh, the the it's very interesting the the actual art uh, the artwork which will will probably continue on the next uh, arty farty hour uh, because it's fascinating those guys uh, they they actually met at art school in uh, Liverpool art school uh, uh, and every one of them even Ringo uh, has painted at some time or mm. or another. Uh, uh, throughout their careers, uh, McCartney's paintings um, are, are really very good. Uh, Stu Sutcliffe, of course, who was the earliest uh, one of the early uh, Beatles who died, apparently after being kicked in the head by John Lennon. Um, uh, uh, Seriously? Is, yeah, that's what they. Uh, <laughs> was it a fight? Yeah, or? they had a fight. Wow. And um, the, uh, this is the well. It, no one was charged, no, uh, no, uh, uh, and no one actually. Uh, said that that's what, well, they, they, what they did say, that's what caused it. Uh, but uh, no one actually uh, was charged, and uh, uh, that's, the, that's the thought that it was. He died of a, of a hemorrhage, brain was hemorrhage. He, was he the drummer that couldn't keep up? Uh, was that Stu Remember they had a drummer and he was No, that record? was Pete Best. Pete Best. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, uh, this guy uh, played the bass. Uh, I think I've got that right, and uh, he was very um, kind of um, shy, and he used to stand facing away from the 
the audience. <laughs> well, that's no good, is it? You've yeah. got if you're a performer. Yeah, one of the famous faces of uh, the Beatles was Stu Sutcliffe. They wouldn't show his face. It's quite cool because the Beatles would have been looked very different if you had Stu Sutcliffe on the bass, yeah, and, and, Pete, and Pete Best, Best on drums, yeah. And then Paul and John, that yes. would have been a very different, different. shaped uh, Beatles. Right. Uh, mind you, they did replace Pete Best uh, because Ringo was a superior drummer. Yeah. And uh, I think he's recognized uh, you know, amongst musicians as being uh, an excellent drummer, even though he keeps pretty low profile. What, Pete Best? No, no, uh, Ringo. Ringo. Yeah, well, he's, yeah. he's known as the drummer. Wouldn't Pete Best be kicking himself thinking, oh, if only well, I'd well, I've heard an practice interview with a bit him. better. <laughs> could, have been, could have been massive. I think it's put him all... I think probably he's been interviewed uh, to, to extinction or, uh, you know, uh, to, or exhaustion, whichever yeah. way you like to look at it. Um, he's probably done okay. I don't know. I've, I've heard interviews. It's quite interesting. But imagine you, your career is just people going, so how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. I've told you how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> Spend the next 40 years going, you must feel terrible. <laughs> you must be kicking yourself. <laughs> 40 years of that. Yeah, you haven't seen the rattles, have you? Which yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. Anyway, folks, uh, we've we've had a great chat here, and um, it um, uh, it's been an interesting experiment, which will continue uh, next time because uh, there are some uh, a lot of those album covers have been under discussion for years afterwards. Uh, we'll touch on it just a little bit now to say that uh, the um, the Abbey Road one, for instance. Uh, where they're talking, where they're walking across the crossing, you know. I mean, I don't know how many people have walked across the crossing, but I have. <laughs> it's the, the, the most uh, popular uh, zebra crossing in the world, isn't it? it? Is, Out of all the crossings in the world, it's that one. Yeah. Well, folks, uh, we've come to the end of another Arty Farty show, and I do appreciate you all listening. And uh, we'll uh, there'll be more art. We'll finish with a, a little bit of um, uh, Beatle uh, uh, me Bobble. And I'm going to just press at random. This is going to be fun. I've got no idea what this is going to be. It'll be good, eh? For the benefit of Mr. Kite, there will be a show tonight on trampoline. The Hendersons will all be there. Later, Pablo Frank is there. What a scene. Over men and horses, hoops and garters Lastly through a hogshead of real fire In this way, Mr. K will challenge the world The celebrated Mr. K performs his feet on Saturday at Bishop's Gate The Hendersons will dance and sing As Mr. Kite flies through the ring Don't be late Mrs. K and H assure the public their production will be second to none. And of course, Henry the Horse dances the waltz. Six when 
Mr. H will demonstrate Ten somersets he'll undertake On solid ground Bing, bing, some days in preparation A splendid time is guaranteed for all And tonight Mr. Kite is topping the bill This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.